0: Welcome to Chili's Trans Tuesdays! This week we're going to talk about trans roles in media and who gets to portray them and trans stories in media and who gets to tell them. Spoiler! It's trans people! But why is that? Let's dive into trans roles and stories! hi i'm tilly bridges your host and i'm joined by my writing partner my best friend my wife our token cis representation and the sharpest knife in the block susan bridges hello and remember cis isn't a bad word if you think it is then you've been listening to terrible people okay you should sing that every time it's great i've been doing that a lot yeah Yeah. okay Our guest this week is Eileen Noonan, a trans actress and writer based in New York City. She is currently working on her web series sitcom, Smoosh, and you can catch her on the show's Blue Bloods and Gossip Girl. Hi, Eileen.
1: Hi, Tilly. Hi, Susan. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Uh, I love Smoosh. It's just a good word to say.
1: Thank you. Thanks. It
0: is. So we have been... friends on the social meds for a while. Mm. And uh, I have loved the previews that you have posted of your web series. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So Smoosh is a story of what happens when a couple of queer friends, one trans woman and her queer photographer best friend move into an apartment and then they get stuck living with her Uh, cousin and nft collecting boyfriend who goes bust when his apes get hacked basically hacked is a great his his nft apes escape Um, and he goes bust and they all get stuck living together and so the question that it really asks is can the queers and straights live together peacefully can they really (laughs) in harmony at least it's, it's hard question. for for Nev, this this the main character here, because she's had she's had some trouble with that in her life.
0: Sure, as is you know common, sometimes. One of the things that I've really loved in the clips that you've posted from it, and even just your like other clips talking about it, is that your comedic timing is so good it blows me away. Your editing, your delivery, it's just it's just magnificent. So I love it. Thank You're you. Yeah. Thank you
1: very much. I am really, that makes me happy to hear something. It's something I work on and I try, I feel like I should have said a joke just now, but (laughs) I didn't.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Placeholder for later. Okay. Yes. Yes.
1: Insert joke, insert funny thing now. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So what has been for you the best part of transitioning?
1: The best part of transitioning is getting to be a girl. It's pretty great, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people say you'll see people say like it, being trans is awesome. And it's kind of like being trans is a mixed bag. But transitioning is pretty rad because, yeah. you know, like everything before then, a lot of things before then were just kind of like living under a wet blanket. You ever see like I've never actually watched the movie The Blob, but like the pictures of the people that are inside the blob and they're kind of like covered over by a big sheet of slime and they're trying to like get into the, out into the world. But yeah. they can't that's kind of like my experience of dysphoria like you're sort of like looking through at the world through a big sheet of slime that's not really letting you touch and interact and freely interact with the world and so um transitioning was kind of like escaping the blob and getting to live in the real world and not being covered in slime all the time so that was the best part of transitioning for me
0: yeah it's pretty great because it's like the whole world is sort of new all of a sudden, you were experiencing mm-hmm. everything for the first time. It's it's kind of overwhelming at first.
1: Yeah, sometimes there was definitely a. I, I when I was experiencing all those firsts, that was really yeah. really exciting. All the gender euphoria, just like the first time of like putting on makeup and seeing a girl for the first time. Yeah, that was like a really wonderful phase. And then there was a period after that where I felt really jealous of everyone who was getting to experience those firsts for the first time <laughs> themselves. Sure. I was like, I almost missed. I almost had nostalgia for, for experiencing all those firsts. Yeah. And now I'm like, uh, now I'm kind of over that. Cause now it's like, I'm about seven years in, which is, uh, you know, a good long time. And yeah. at this point, it's like, I don't know, my favorite part of transitioning is like my, my life is radically different than it was before I've, I've moved to New York. I've started pursuing my dreams. I live here. I have really cool friends. I get to be an actress and do exactly what I want to do with my life. And that's not the story for everybody, but that's been the story for me. It's kind of like my life began in so many ways in a way that it hadn't, it hadn't before up to that point. So the best part of transitioning for me is that it it kind of gave me my life, even though it, even though it sort of destroyed the life that I had built up to that point, which was painful. So mixed bag.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, so what's the other side of that coin then? What was what's been one of the most difficult things for you?
1: Uh, I guess I just kind of mentioned it the way that it sort yeah. of destroyed you everything that I yeah. had. Yeah. It did. So yeah. that process was very painful. So I lost a lot of people. A lot of people that I thought were great kind of even even if at first they seemed like they'd be wonderful, like kind of over time showed themselves to not be Yeah. And and that that hurts you know? So I don't want to go into the details on that because it's hard no, to course. go into, but um, yeah,
0: I think just losing people, yeah, lose, losing relationships. I was just talking with uh, a trans woman friend of mine earlier this week, and we came to the consensus that one of the things that transitioning and coming out will really do is show you who the real friends of yours are, right? You know, because there's those people you're like, I didn't, never knew the true them, and now I do. And It's hard, but maybe it's better off, you know, to not, so it's, yeah, it's a really tough situation.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of, there was a lot of friends who just stopped talking to me. I would, I came out to them and it seemed to go really well. And then it was like, and then they just, I just never heard from them again. It was like, it was kind of bizarre. And then there were others who had just, it just slowly, slowly petered out or just drifted apart in ways that some good, some bad, I don't know yeah in some ways it's like the version of me that was compatible with a friendship with you doesn't really exist anymore so you know in some ways it's for the better and the friends that i have now i wouldn't wouldn't trade for the world so right you know there's good and bad with that too it's it's changed it's growing it's becoming a different person and that that happens whether you transition genders or not yeah but some of it the way that it happens like Abruptly, <laughs> some of it's like ah, it's hard not to take that a little bit personally. Yeah, um, definitely. But um, yeah, and it's hard.
0: It is. What's been the most surprising thing for you um, transitioning? Something that you didn't expect that I don't know that you really loved or were just totally surprised by.
1: I I didn't realize how much I was attracted to men.
0: Oh, I've heard that, that happened like... from a lot of different trans people that after they transition, they discover yeah. their sexuality is more than they thought. Yeah, it was.
1: I remember like there was a certain like when like Thor came out, and that was before I transitioned, and I was like deeply in denial. And I was like, okay, I at least have to admit to myself that I am not a straight man. Like I saw like Chris Hemsworth without a shirt on and his arms. And I was like, all right, this is teaching me something about myself that I should admit. Thor that I'm is at least a deeply a little... feminist movie. It and is. I it is true. It. Yeah. yes and chris hemsworth's arms are feminist icons and <laughs> can we say
0: that can we say that on this podcast we can in <laughs> fact i'm gonna put that in the show notes and be sure everyone knows about it i mean he is very very hot i mean yeah he is okay. yeah not he, to is. Get he too has long topic, hair but he does but i'm not into dudes but i i like him a lot because the thing that i love most about him is a. Uh, seeing his comedic chops when he plays like a goofy role he is so funny yeah he's really good See, and that always gets me too yeah. i'm into the funny ones yeah yeah i kind
1: of think he grew into that with time because he wasn't mm-hmm. actually very funny in the first thor movie I, no. I think he learned that i kind of think he learned that in the ghostbusters movie from yes from yes, all those women that was the first time that i saw him
0: really uh, show off that he could be really yeah. funny and not take and- himself so seriously
1: and then it was in the later Thor movies that he was like really, really funny. So I, I kind of think I kind of think he learned that over time. But anyway, anyhow, yeah. Okay. I, I knew so I, I knew going into transition that I had like some interest in men, and then it was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and most okay. of my most of my friends are are lesbians too. So it's like I'm a little jealous because their their dating experiences are very different than mine are. But there yeah. are trans men out there, you know. So there are.
0: That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. What's the um the one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's just starting transition? Something you wish you know or knew going in?
1: It would have to be something along the lines of be patient.
0: Yeah, right. Um, that's that's that was really hard at the beginning because you're so excited to start and become the true you and it's just not fast at all. Well, that's what yeah. always gets me about the trans folks. It's like, people are being rushed into this. And I'm nope. like, there is nothing oh my fast God. about this process. Oh my.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. It takes time. It is being patient with your own transitioning. It's being patient with your own self. Yeah. You know, like I misgendered myself for a really long time in my own head. Uh-huh. I did
0: too at the beginning. Especially, it was really hard to. You have to change the way you think about yourself and everything else. So yeah, there's, there's yeah so much involved.
1: Yeah, and some of that self conception thing, it's like, it happens on its own time too. Yep. It's not something you can really force. It's like, a certain a certain number of experiences happen, and then you're like, oh, this is what it means to be a woman in this world. This is what it means to be a trans woman in this world. That yep. you yep. kind of get from. Actually, like living that experience. And some of it's being patient with the people around you. There are people who are well meaning that are going to screw up and yep. maybe they just need a little bit of time. And don't yeah. burn those, don't you don't have to burn those bridges. I think when people are trying their best, <laughs> give them some grace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh,
0: I had some friends who struggled a little with just remembering the pronoun changes, you know, early on. And they kept apologizing to me profusely. And I'm like, thank you for apologizing, but I know that you're trying. It's like, I always, the metaphor I used was when you change where you keep your keys, you know, you keep looking back in the old spot for them for like weeks. Because uh-huh. that's, your brain's used to it. That's where it was. That's where the keys belong. But no, they're, they're over in mm-hmm. this other spot now. So, and as long as you know, it's not intentional then yeah, definitely give them a little time to adjust. It takes a while to rewire your brain that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So where can people find you online if they would like to get more of Eileen after this episode?
1: Well, I'm on the socials. I'm on Instagram at Eileen M. Noonan. And I'm on TikTok at Eileen M. Noonan. And I'm on Facebook at Eileen M. Noonan. You might be noticing a pattern. I'm also on Twitter at Eileen M. Noonan. Although, I don't know, I'm so ambivalent about Twitter with the whole Elon Musk thing. Now I tried to abandon it. I did see some transphobic uh, hate account get banned. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, at least, at least there's still some protections
0: there. He hasn't removed them all. Yeah, Uh, it's a little up in the air how things are going to shake out over there. Yeah, I still report hate accounts, and sometimes they still get banned, and sometimes it's like a long time, but they do eventually Mm -hmm. get banned. Maybe, so yeah. Yeah. Is there a place where people can go to get more info about your web series, Smoosh?
1: Yeah, if you want to get, I've I've created a little web page for it. It's actually mostly got a little bit of information on it and kind of a preview clip from it. It's smoosh.website, H-T-T-P colon slash slash smoosh.website. <laughs> it's basically just a, a MailChimp sign up page. And right now what's happening is we recorded the pilot episode. And so it's all in the can. And it's I'm looking for an editor for it, basically, because I was going to try and edit it myself. And I just got really busy with other work things. Sure. Um, and I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth to do it all by myself right now. So I'm kind of like looking for an editor to edit it and then i think i'm also about to have like a somewhat significant um trans related surgery soon after that stun i would like to try to do a crowdfunding campaign and so that's going to require a lot of like you know sending out information and telling people hey this is what the series is about we have four or more episodes to shoot and edit and there's like a lot of actors that are involved a lot of the actors yeah. are my friends there's a whole crew that's involved it's it's a pretty exciting thing So hopefully people want to know about it. It's a fun story. There's a character that gets introduced in episode two who we haven't even cast yet. Her name is Pop-Tart. She's trans. (laughs) She's super cool. I already love her. Yeah, she's she's like a, a musician and social media person and she's very successful and they need to impress her during their photo shoot. But will they or will it go terribly awry?
0: Oh, no. Who knows? Who knows? Yes. Let Can't me highly encourage you all to, to check that out because you got to watch that preview clip. You will fall in love with it. It's amazing. And uh, give the web series and Eileen all the support you can because we need more stuff like that in the world. I mean, two Thank trans you so much. people in one show? Unheard of. Right? Yeah. More than one of us? We're not. There will be. A,
1: yeah. In episode two, there will be a, a whole entire second trans person, trans, trans femme. Unbelievable in the show. Unbelievable. Imagine that. Yep. So smoosh.website. That's where you can go to to get on that email list. Also, I'll be posting uh, updates and stuff on my Instagram, mostly there. That would be kind of the central place for it. So yeah, Instagram slash Eileen M. Noonan.
0: Go and check that out. All right. Thank you. let's, Let's get into our actual topic this week. What we're specifically talking about is who gets to write trans characters and who gets to portray them in movies and television, video games, scripted podcasts, plays, anything else. So let's just get it out of the way right off the bat that nobody should be playing trans characters except for trans people. And there are multiple reasons for this, and none of them have anything to do with acting ability. When people say just cast whoever's best for the role, it's kind of a... uh, bullshit stance, I think, that ignores the real world barriers that trans people face to seeing ourselves represented at all. And it presumes that a cis person could be better at portraying a trans character than a trans person can. You know, we've lived that experience and to claim a cis actor, no matter how good they are, could be better than us at being us is kind of hot nonsense. I think it's also incredibly dangerous because often it happens that cis men are cast to play trans women and that's a really big problem. Yeah, that has definitely happened. Right. It's uh, multiple times. It, it reinforces the, that bigoted and wrong refrain of trans women are just men in dresses, which we are not, you know, and a lot of people weaponize against us. So if you cast a cis man to play a trans woman, you're at worst admitting you think that's what we are and at best making it easier for others to say that. So it's admitting you don't see us as women and, you know, as such, screw you. And it's not like there aren't trans actors like Eileen, who are good and readily available. All you have to do is look. What's it been like for you being a a trans actor? Has it, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the acting world. So are there a lot of roles that are open for you? Do people look at you for roles that aren't explicitly trans or how has that been?
1: Yeah, I do get a fair number of auditions for roles that are not explicitly trans. And I'm happy about that. I love that. I also get a lot of uh, auditions for roles at are trans. Sometimes it's weird because it's a bit of a double-edged sword with the roles that are trans. For example, like i I had an audition for a role last fall for a trans character. and then i I realized that I think almost every trans person in the New York City area had received an audition for this character. and it yeah. just it kind of makes you feel like, you know, I wish that you had like. S- narrowed down what you wanted other than that this person must be transgender. I think the breakdown even said like trans ages 20 to 60, any ethnicity. Wow. And it was just like, wow. Okay. I'm really looking forward to the show. I think it's gonna be a great show. I won't say what it is, but like and I went to a to the coach for it because it was a recurring role. It was a good role. So I, I can't like complain about getting an audition for a recurring character. That's amazing. But like it's a great opportunity. But it does it does kind of make you go, eh <laughs> feels a little weird when that happens, but I do get yeah I do get auditions for trans characters. That's awesome. I haven't booked one. The roles that I've booked have not been explicitly trans characters. The first okay. role that I booked was actually for the movie Bros, the gay rom com, so you know, written by starring Billy Eichner. Unfortunately, my part got cut, but they were uh... looking to hire. Yeah, they were looking to hire uh, queer actors for that, and so I yeah. think you know my being my being trans like definitely was a factor in me getting hired for it but yeah that didn't end up making that but that was that didn't end up making the final cut unfortunately that was very sad but it happens I knew going in that it was kind of like a very cuttable bit yeah it was just kind of like a one bit one line bit gag that was funny but you know I think they filmed a lot of stuff and cut a lot of stuff sure and that's sort of how like the Judd Apatow sort of style of machine kind of can go which is fine. I was so happy for the opportunity and it was a wonderful experience and I love that movie. And I wish I was in it, but I'm not. <laughs> and the, other two, the other two roles that I booked, one is like a legal aid attorney um, representing a drug dealer. The cops are trying to bust him down and make him do a, do a drug deal on, on the show uh, Blue Bloods and I'm like, you can't make him do that. And, then, and the other one, I play a drug dealer on the show Gossip Girl and i'm just like this hot like motorcycle leather drug dealer that waltzes into a fancy wow. dinner party and and it was like neither of those really had to neither in neither of those cases was the character trans
0: right so i i don't know <laughs> I think that's That's great because we can definitely play all kinds of characters and be all kinds of different people, even stuff that doesn't revolve around drugs. So (laughs) that's neat.
1: Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm looking forward to playing a character who has a name and has more than one line. I would love to play a character who appears on more than one episode. Mm -hmm. I've got big lofty goals for for 2023, (laughs) actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm ready to...
0: Reaching okay, for the so- stars.
1: Well, that's why that's why I wrote a web series because I, I wanted to yeah. have a name and many lines and be the, be the star, be the series regular.
0: Yeah, so one thing that I hear uh, people say sometimes too is that, oh, we just couldn't find a trans person who could play this role, right? And I always mm-hmm. think that that's hot garbage. And there's a really good example of it with The Expanse. I don't know if you've watched it or anyone listening has, but it's a very good sci-fi show but there's a character in it named Bobby Draper, and the show is based on this, on a series of books. And in the books, this is how they describe her. Bobby was not the right shape to fit into one of the standard suits, and the Marines made her jump through a series of flaming hoops every time she requisitioned a new custom one. At a bit over two meters tall, she was only slightly above average height for a Martian male, but thanks in part to her Polynesian ancestry, she weighed in at over 100 kilos at one G. None of it was fat, but her muscles seemed to get bigger every time she even walked through a weight room. As a Marine, she trained all the time. Okay, so the authors of the book insisted that she be cast right, without changing the core of who she was. And you know what happened? They found Frankie Adams, who's amazing and fits that description perfectly, and she's amazing. She's a delight. She's one of my favorite parts of the show. And of course, the right actor for the part was out there because people from all walks of life But like are out so there. often, they're just like, it's too hard. Right. It's we'll too just hard cast another white person like or whatever. Right. And that, there's no excuse for that claiming you can't find a trans person to play a trans role. There are a ton of very good trans actors all over the country.
1: Just like try. I. Just try. Yes.
0: <laughs> but trans roles in media are still really rare. We almost never get mm-hmm. depicted. And often when we do, it's hurtful or harmful or can perpetuate lies and stereotypes about us that increase the violence we already experience. For more information on that, you can check out my previous thread on the dangers of bad representation and some examples of what that looks like. Now, I won't say that only trans people can write trans characters because that's not true at all. It's because that would even further reduce the amount we're represented in media because there's so few people giving us the opportunity to make and run our own shows and movies. But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about including us in your stories, which you should do. I'm going to stick to talking about this in relation to trans people for obvious reasons, but it applies to all marginalized communities across the board. I mean, already we're seeing some of that when we go up for staffing gigs and they're like, we have a trans. We have one trans. We don't need any. (laughs) We don't need any more trans. So there are some stories that are intrinsically about being trans, about what it means to be us and how we move through the world and the nature of our identities. And those are the stories that should only be written by trans people. Those are our stories to tell. And you already have people reaching out to you for consulting. We're going to get there in a minute. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Uh, But the caveat to that is that trans people might not be out as trans yet or even aware they're trans yet. So when you see things, you might not always know if there's a trans person behind them or not. And that's okay. Don't jump all over those people. What I'm speaking specifically about here is to the folks who know their cisgender and you, frankly, have no place telling a story about what it's like to discover your trans or coming out as trans or existing as trans in a world set up to pretend we don't exist. So how do you include us in your stories? Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret, but it's a really big one that could shake the foundation of reality as you know it. Seas will boil, mountains will crumble, the ground may crack open and swallow you whole. Are you ready? We are more than just our transness. Isn't that amazing? Wow. It's amazing. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. The good Keanu Woe. But just like cis people are more than their cisness, right? We're just people and we exist and we can be an R anyone. Do you need a librarian? I bet your story doesn't have a need for them to be specifically cis. Cast a trans person. You need a cab driver, trans person, NASA scientist, trans person, brain surgeon, teacher, pro athlete, writer, politician, ghost, knight in shining armor, trans people. We can literally be anything just like cis people. You can also cast us as parents and children. We could be characters in those stories where our transness isn't the focal point. We need to be in those stories, right? Because that's the only way we're going to get the kind of representation we need in our media, which can do wonders for normalizing trans people and works toward changing hearts and minds of people who could be prejudiced against us. Because art is powerful and it can sometimes move mountains. And there's a really strong case that shows like uh, Modern Family which depicted a loving married gay couple, helped move the needle on marriage equality. So many people got to see just a, a normal couple in love that happened to be cis gay men. And it, mm-hmm. it helped a lot. And so if you think about the thousands of characters you've read about, seen, heard, for how many of them was being cis central to their story or even an important part of who they were, like none, right? So I also, I want to add that it never hurts to get a trans person to look over your work. And check the portrayal for any red flags or potential problems you might not have realized. This is what sensitivity readers are specifically for. It's why they exist. And it's something that I do for friends and I'm happy to be hired to do on projects. You can hit me up anytime. Susan and I consulted on an entire season of an upcoming show for this very reason. And there will be more news on that when the NDA says we're allowed to tell you. But sometimes, even if you have a sensitivity consultant, things can go bad if you don't listen to them. So now it's time for a little story. Okay, it's actually two little stories, but each of them illustrates the exact right and wrong way to handle things. So here's the wrong way. A while back, another writer I know was talking with a producer about a project the producer wanted to bring them onto, And it was the story of a trans woman and a tragedy in the queer community and how she made a found family and found a way to heal after. And I should add that this is based on a real trans woman and real events, and it's a story I think needs telling. But the producer was a white cis man, and the writer he was talking to was also a white cis man. Now, to his absolute credit, my writer friend said, I'm not the one to be telling this story. And he put the producer in touch with me, as I am, surprise, a trans woman writer. So this is exactly what we need more of our cis allies to do, advocate for us and help us break through those barriers and gatekeeping that keeps us from getting our stories told. So I talked with the producer, and he already had an outline for a pilot episode, and the subsequent season of television were to get picked up, and already made all the decisions about everything and just wanted me to take it all and write the actual script, which is not so much getting input from trans people on the actual story or the portrayal of the characters. Nobody's going to be able to tell that story better than trans people, but changing the story or the perspective or anything was seemingly entirely out of the question. And it gets worse because in the pitch deck he'd already made for those who aren't screenwriters, it's basically a PDF or a PowerPoint type thing that with slides that sells the concept of your show he dead-named and misgendered the very real trans woman it was based on. Not intentionally or with cruelty in mind, but because he didn't know to not do that when discussing a trans person pre-transition. And there were parts that also used offensive terms and showed how little he understood about being trans, which is why this is a problem, right? So I wrote him back and outlined all of that and asked if he had the trans woman's life rights since it's based on things that really happened to her. And then I had to gently ask him why he felt he was the one to be telling this story. Why did he, a white cis man, feel like this was his story to tell? And he was seemingly only interested in bringing me on for any quote unquote trans authenticity it would provide, but he didn't want to change anything. And I told him that if he felt it was a story that needed to be told, and I think it is, the best thing he could do as a white cis man producer was find a trans writer, hire them, and let them tell the story in the only way that they can. And his response was to just ghost me entirely. It's been months, I haven't heard a thing. He had no intention of listening to me telling him that this very trans story wasn't his to tell. He wasn't concerned about getting it right if it meant that it wasn't what he thought it should be. And that he just wanted you to stamp it and be like, "Okay." Yeah, and that's not that's not how you get a good yeah. trans. That's no, you don't. No, 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 no. Okay, so the second story with a good outcome is much shorter because things went the way they should. Another writer-producer was doing a project about an intersex person who they felt had a story that needed to be told and wanted me to consult. And this was at the inception of the project, nothing had been done yet. And there was no outline or anything. It was just a producer realizing there was an important story about someone from a marginalized community that needed to be told. The exact right point to bring someone on. So the first thing I said to them was, I'm so glad you know you need to bring someone else in, but that's not me. I'm a trans woman, I'm not intersex. And those two things are not cisgender, but they're not remotely the same, right? I told them they needed to find an intersex writer because it was their story to tell, not mine. I could write an intersex character into any story and all of us can and should, but a story about being intersex is not something I have any business writing. And this producer then went and found an intersex writer who they are now working with. That's exactly how it should be. Yes, right, very good, victory, happy exclamations. But the one piece of info I didn't give you yet is that this producer told me they were not cis. And I'm sure that made them more receptive to understanding that this story belongs to the intersex community and needs their involvement. Uh Right? Susan and I have talked with producers and comic editors, white cis people, almost all of them men, who say they want trans stories about the trans experience. And then we pitch them incredibly trans stories and get told, no, not like that. Uh, So (laughs) if you're a cis producer or editor or a gatekeeper of what stories your company produces or publishes, The best way to bring us in is at the inception of the project. Let it be our project and then get out of the way, or let us pitch our own stories and help get those made. Trans stories aren't going to conform to cis expectations, and that doesn't make them bad. It makes them our stories, which are not the same as yours. But cis people will still identify with them. Don't tell me they can't, right? Trans people have had to identify with cis characters in everything ever made. So if we can do it, so can you. You know, I've said so many times, Trans stories are just human stories. So much of what we go through, cis people also go through in adjacent ways, maybe not related to gender, but the struggles are similar because we're all human beings. And you can see that outlined in my threads on the trans allegories at The Matrix. You can see it in my threads on the trans allegory of Real Genius or Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid or my thread on, of all things, the old classic Twilight Zone episode, Nervous Man in a $4 Room. And and I want to remind you that we need cis producers and editors to do this because there aren't enough or any trans producers or executives in in these positions that can get more trans stories on screen, right? So we need cis allies to help get our projects made. We want to be seen. We want to tell our own stories, but we also want to be part of your stories. And I don't think it's too much to ask that when we are, you're not doing active, real-world harm to us in the process trans writers and actors and directors are everywhere i happen to be one so does eileen i write with my lovely and talented beautiful cis wife hire us if you want hire eileen we'd all be happy to work for you i mean i don't know you but i feel pretty sure you'd love us we're very charming we're all very charming yeah sure (laughs) I'm, i'm charming eileen let me ask you have you run into any issues trying to get your own projects made or past other like sys producers or people who can't understand what you're trying to do
1: I've never tried to get a project made except for this web series so I'm okay. self-producing it so I didn't I never had to get anybody's permission to do it I've just went for it
0: yeah that's a great way around it if, if you have the capability right mm-hmm. you just make our own stuff and put it out there and hope that people find it and love it so definitely be sure that you stop by and check out Eileen's web series at the website for Smoosh because we definitely need it. We need more. And it's also objectively hilarious, whether you're trans or not. So thank you.
1: Smoosh. website.
0: There it is again. <laughs> Stop by and see it. Thank you so much for being here with us, Eileen. It's been so lovely talking to you.
1: Thank you so much, Susan and Tilly.
0: Have a great day. Let me just close out by saying that trans folks are a myriad of wonderful, diverse people with unique perspectives who are all more than ready to be part of the stories we all love, like we should have been all along. So help us out by opening the door and letting us through. Tilly Bridges, end transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Gillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at Tilly Bridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S Bridges, and on Insta at heck yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TilliestransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.